0: details of my life
1: are quite inconsequential.
2: Read my lips. No, no oh. If you have sex, your penis will fall off and land in another dimension populated entirely by dogs who will eat it. Well, that's something I'd like to avoid.
3: I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Miss Lewinsky.
2: I'm a paladin with 18 charisma and 97 hit points. I can use my helm of disintegration and do 1D4 damage as my half-elf mage wields his plus-five holy avenger.
3: And as president, I'm going to make it impossible for congressmen or lobbyists to slip pork-barrel projects or corporate welfare into laws when no one's looking. Because when I'm president, meetings where laws are written will be more open to the public... No more secrecy.
2: That's a commitment I make to you as president. Uh, The Michael Graff Show. It is my opinion he is a danger to himself and others, and is in need of treatment. Warning: The following broadcast is presented without the use of talking points, blatant hypocrisy, or Kool Aid. You know it's bad when this guy has to become the voice of reason. It's the return of the Zip Code Famous Michael Graff Show question i always wonder is how long will it be in this zip code all right yes welcome in another edition of the zip code famous michael groff show is underway i suppose i should probably put my pants back on if i'm gonna do the podcast right Yes, here we are on a Saturday. What the hell? It is Saturday, October 2nd, 2010. Contact information for the program, Mike at KMGX.com. That is our email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. That's also our PayPal address. And now more than ever, we really need your donations. As you can see, the infrequency of our podcast, it's because I'm out there panhandling daily trying to get enough money to pay for bills and probably a lot more bills. You understand, right? You get it. All right. All right. uh, Also, AOL Instant Messenger, our screen name, Michael Groff Show. And, of course, the one, the only, one day improved, soon to be, MichaelGroff.com. That is how you can always uh, get in contact with us. Our chat channel is over there. Our email and PayPal links. Everything like that is, again, at the one, the only, MichaelGroff.com man it's a weird uh life is just weird life is strange and crazy and there's all sorts of things to sort of certify that going on i am starting to what what the hell is going on we've got uh we've got a lot of stuff to talk about major league baseball playoffs right around the corner some of you have uh, checked out my uh personal facebook page you've seen i, I posted a uh Posted a uh, baseball preview show a couple of weeks ago and it's still mostly the information I put in there is still valid even a couple weeks later I know I'm just I'm self-promoting like crazy right now all right and um, the NFL season well underway lots of stuff happening there The Kansas City Chiefs are 3-0. And apparently, uh, the Minnesota Vikings... I I don't know why I'm bothering with the NFL season this year. Because the Vikings are are off to a terrible start. Brett Favre is... Well, he's starting to look old. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is... Somebody wanted me to talk about Brett Favre. One of our listeners. Uh, James wanted me to talk about Brett Favre. He wanted me to see if I could do an entire hour worth of podcast. He would even pay me to do it, which is sort of interesting because I'd be talking about Brett Favre and I'd be taking money to talk about Brett Favre, which is, you know, it's why Brett Favre is here right now. It's the $13 million that he's getting to play this season and he's going to lead a team that quite frankly, they're chasing the Bears and sort of the Packers for that division. I don't think I can talk about Brett Favre for an hour. I really don't. Brett Favre during the off-season. Yeah. Yeah, we can, I could probably do a whole profile. There we go. Yeah. All right, so we have a lot of stuff there. Um, oh, yeah, I've got to ch- take a look at the pop chart. We'll have that coming up for you later in the show. Yes, our weekly look at what's happening in the world of pop music uh, because you people aren't tortured enough. So we'll get into that a little bit. Um, Finally, something that CNN does that I agree with. We'll have that coming up in just a little bit. And uh, a whole lot more. And the United States has decided they're going to apologize uh, for testing on people from Guatemala. They did uh, syphilis testing on people from Guatemala back in the 40s. So 70 years later, the United States is issuing an apology. Well, that's good. I mean, it's nice to see that we are taking some accountability. Uh, in related news, the, uh, the U.S. is also apologizing to, uh, to the English for the Revolutionary War. We finally got around to that. Hey, man, we're sorry. I mean, things have worked out pretty well for both of us. But, you know, sorry about that whole revolting against your nation kind of thing. Sorry. This is just one of those really kind of the, the WTF story of the day. And I just had to get to this right away. In a ploy to rid Guam of its overpopulation of invasive brown tree snakes. The military, the U.S. Department of Agriculture more specifically, has decided to bomb the island with drugged frozen mice. (laughs) This is according to the Stars and Stripes uh, military outlet newspaper. They say that uh, using the naval base Guam as a starting point, scientists are going to be dropping mice packed with uh, acetaminophen from helicopters into the jungle. The drug commonly found in Tylenol provided a regulatory uh, advantage because it had already undergone extensive testing. Now Dan Vice is the Assistant State Director of the USDA Wildlife Services in Hawaii says that Guam and the Pacific Islands um, all of it the, they're they're testing that this is the testing that they're going to be doing. They want to get rid of it because Guam has had a uh, a big problem with uh, the overabundance of snakes since the 1980s. The creatures uh, arrived of course on the island accidentally. This is what happens when man messes with nature. I don't know what's with me lately. I, I've been on this kick. Like I, I'm, I get really pissed off when I see people screwing with nature, and when I see people screwing with uh, the natural evolution of things. Like I, I don't know. I, I'm seeing like I, I see people throw crap out the window and, and litter, and, and I don't know. I, I, maybe I'm maybe I'm turning like uh, to a to a greeny weenie. I'm turning like into a mushmouth liberal. Maybe. I don't know. I, nature's cool. So naturally, when you screw with the situation, when, we're, uh, when, you know, you bring, when you introduce a species into a culture that it's not indigenous to, it's going to mess things up. The creatures arrived on the island, yeah, accidentally. The mildly venomous snakes can grow up to 10 feet long. And according to the Department of Land and Natural Resources for the state of Hawaii... Uh, they are the leading cause of, endang- of the uh, endangerment of some of Guam's native animals. Quote, the discovery that snakes will die when they eat acetaminophen was a huge step forward. According to Ann Brooke, who is the uh, Conservation Resources Program Manager for Naval Facilities Command Mar- uh, Marinas, she told Stars and Stripes, quote, the problem uh, was how you get the snakes to eat it. So they have drugged frozen mice Yeah, If I'm a snake and I'm just bumping around Through the, uh, through the uh, jungles there in Guam I would go Hey It's a frozen mouse You know I probably shouldn't eat this Seeing as how it's always about 85 degrees Here in Guam yeah, that, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense Luckily I don't think snakes are that bright It's like oh it's a mouse I'll eat it Oh I'm dead the solution was to drop the mice into the snake's natural habitat, the branches of trees in the jungles of Guam, uh, by outfitting the mice with uh, cardboard wings and green party streams. The bait could float down to the jungle and uh, catch on the branches. The result is a hanging, deadly snack for the snakes. Researchers began testing the system at the beginning of September, dropping 200 mice into 20 acres around the base. The effectiveness of the drop will uh, offer insight as to how well uh, it might work elsewhere on the island. And uh, whether it might be a key to uh, solving a long-time ecological problem. Yeah, the long-time ecological problem, ironically enough, is, uh, the, is man being on the planet. That's really the long-time ecological problem that you have to deal with here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, if I were a snake, maybe I'd sit there and go, hey, mice aren't supposed to have wings, and these wings are made out of cardboard. And the mouse is frozen, and it's got a green party streamer on it. But see, a snake is too stupid. A snake would just go, oh, you know, hey. It's a party favor. Yum, yum. So then, uh, what do you do... See, this is, this is the ecological question. So then, what do you do with uh, all the dead snakes that are all over the island now? What do you do with those? How is, how is that going to affect nature? I'm really curious. So, that was just kind of an interesting story. I thought I'd open up the show with that. So, uh, this tea party... You know, I, I'm really interested in the tea party. The tea party's been sort of a... a a mild fascination of mine. And um, part of me is, is all for the Tea Party. Part of me is like, you know, bring it on. And as you know, I've been kind of cheering on this show for a long time that um, I, I support the Tea Party in the sense that I support the idea behind sort of breaking off from the traditional Republican Democrat DNR zero versus one philosophy that we have in this country. This binary way of thinking. And I've also been very supportive of the idea of the throw the bums out mentality. Because, frankly, in spite of what the Obama administration tells you, and in spite of the fact that uh, we have some geeks that say that the recession ended in June 2009, last I checked, unemployment is still near 10%. GDP is still down. uh, The debt continues to increase daily at just an alarming rate. We are, uh, what, at about $13.6 trillion of our debt right now. And, uh, and really, it's the same dopes in Washington that have got us into this mess. The Republicans spent like crazy. The Democrats are spending even more like crazy and offering more entitlement programs. And really, they're offering less for a guy like me, and they're offering less for people that, quite frankly, um, really do need it. But they're trying to do uh, they're trying to put on a great show for you and they're trying to offer up this healthcare crap and they don't even know what to do with that. That healthcare crap is is what's really uh is uh really what's screwing up this country. Frankly, the uh this this the Obamacare because really the Democrats aren't happy with Obamacare. Because it it's not single payer, it doesn't have a public option. It's sort of a very watered down healthcare system. And because it's a watered down healthcare system, um it doesn't serve any purpose whatsoever expe- except to increase spending across the board. Now, they'll say, ah, oh, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, except the Republicans will just come in and repeal it. Because if you're going to do something, and this is what my dad would always say, if you're going to do something, do it or don't do it. Don't half-ass do it. And this is why Obama has been distant from his own base, and this is why Obama's been especially polarizing to people on on the opposite side, to Republicans, to conservatives. So uh, this is why uh, he's potentially a lame duck president. But the Tea Party was really started, the idea behind the Tea Party initially, getting back to the main point, was... Stop spending. It was, to, it was a, a reform on spending in this country. People saw the debt increasing just at an alarming rate. We have all these entitlement programs. We have all this spending that's going on. We have incredible military spending that goes on in this country. People are like, okay, enough. Unemployment is getting too high. Jobs are, we're losing jobs everywhere. The economy's going in the crapper. And here we are spending more money than ever before. All right, that's enough. Let's stop. And that was the idea behind the Tea Party. All right, that was the reason that people started this in the first place. And so from that perspective, I'm right there. I'm right behind the Tea Party, totally supportive. I uh, totally agree, could not agree with a philosophy more. So I'm glad. But all right, now here's the problem. The problem is I think the Tea Party, now, now they're just running all these whack job candidates. Now you have this Christine O'Donnell. And at first I was kind of like, all right, you know, Christine O'Donnell, she just seems like a Tea Party person. You know, I don't know. She seems all right. Well, I don't think so now. I'm not sure. But I'll tell you what the Tea Party is indicative of in this country. Whether you like it or not, whether you're afraid of it or not, whether you think it's, it's the scariest thing ever, whether you're totally supportive, whether you're kind of on the fence about it, the thing that it says is that people have had enough. People are willing to go for any kind of weird candidate. They're go- willing to go and, and um, <clears throat> just take a stand for whatever rather than the status quo. And that's why there's a lot of theory going on right now that the country is indeed slowly headed down the road toward a revolution. There's several articles about this. And here's, here's something. This is from uh, Jacob, Jacob Weisberg in Newsweek writes this. He says, quote, what's distinctive about the Tea Party is its anarchist streak, its antagonism toward any authority, its belligerent self-expression, and its lack of any coherent program or alternative to the policies that it condemns. Everybody, though, I mean, a lot of people seem to be behind this Tea Party. And, you know, it really does sort of fly in the face of authority. It kind of reminds me of sort of the really... The really out there libertarians, not the mainline libertarians, not people that are like me. I'm talking about the the really the what I like to call the hardcore libertarian that believes in the extermination of all uh, personal income tax, all state income tax, all federal income tax, all local tax, any tax whatsoever they want to get rid of. And they just want to overthrow almost all aspects of government entirely. They're, what I like to call again, they're the hardcore, super libertarian. And they're the reason that the Libertarian Party doesn't get traction because their extremists are even more dangerous than the extremists on the far right or the far left. They're the most dangerous extremists. But they're also the ones, they're the reason that the Libertarian Party never gets much of a voice. But the Tea Party is sort of, they're kind of the embodiment of that. Because they don't. Their, their solution is, all right, stop spending, which, again, I agree with. I mean, we have to cut down on spending. But the candidates that they run, uh, now, not all of the candidates. Now, some of the candidates that they support are good people. I think they're, they're good people. Uh, there's, I, I was just reading about this guy uh, in Florida who's running, um, he's a Tea Party candidate. He's running for, like, the Department of Agriculture in the state of Florida. I was just reading about this guy. Seems like a very honest guy, uh, very humble and that's good, and I'm not, so I'm not excoriating the Tea Party, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that, let's face it, what's the Tea Party stand for? And I'm worried, I'm not worried about the Tea Party in, in terms of just its basic philosophy. I'm worried about the Tea Party because of the, some of the people that have co-opted it. The reason that Sarah Palin jumped on it is because, frankly, people in the Tea Party, if she hadn't, uh, she would have been one of the first person that they consumed it's not just see what Republicans don't understand. And, you know, Republicans are all for the Tea Party because it means unrest for the Democrats who are the majority party. But guess what? The Tea Party is more than willing to turn its fangs on the Republicans as well. And that's why I think so many Republicans have sort of co-opted the Tea Party. and They've sort of got involved in it because they understand that, uh, you know, an enemy of my enemy is my friend. But the problem is, is that sooner or later, the Tea Party will go, well, you're also an enemy. Yeah, we're sort of with you right now because we're going after the majority party. But uh, guess what? As soon as you take control and you start doing the same crap that the Democrats have been doing, you start spending out of control. You, uh, y- you know, you go after you. You try to prop up these big corporations. Yeah, we're going to go after you too. You're next. But there definitely is something historic brewing, and you know, there's a there's a big article uh, actually uh, over at Market Watch. Paul Farrell, or Farrell, he writes uh, writes an article. He says the same thing. He says, listen, uh, something historic is brewing. It's good for America. Revolution means renewal. Tea Party, the Tea Party folks, they want to take both parties and restore honor. Take back the country. But uh, I think... I don't know if I don't know what that means exactly. That's the problem is the Tea Party hasn't really acknowledged what that means. Okay, take back the party or take back the country. But w- what are you taking back what are you doing? This is what I ask the hardcore libertarians too. That they, they want to eliminate all taxes on all levels. They want to eliminate just just about all government. And I say, "Okay, well, well what are you going to do then? Who builds the roads? Who builds the bridges? Who defends the country? Who protects the sovereignty of the nation?" Uh, you know, these are, these are questions that you ask a hardcore libertarian, they go, well, I don't know, but you know, it'd be cool to have drugs legal. Okay. You know, fine. But there's a lot more to, there's a lot more to it than that. You have to be a little bit more introspective. You have to think about the long-term ramifications of things just a little bit more than just, well, we got to throw the bums out. Well, okay, good. I mean, I agree, but who do you replace them with? If you replace bums with other bums and you justify it by saying, well, they're not the guys that are in there now, you're going to have the same problem or you're going to have a different problem with the same result. Paul Farrell here, he writes, "Okay, most Americans just silently mimic the words we're mad as hell and we're not going to take it anymore. But watch out, because after November, the campaign's uh, shrill rhetoric may explode into action. Now, I guess this Paul Farrell, he's not a big fan of the Tea Party. I don't think he is because he refers to them as tea baggers, which is exactly what you know a lot of the liberal types refer to them as as well. Got to love how people like Mike Malloy and Tom Hartman and Randy Rhodes, they, they talk about elevating the discourse on talk radio and how there's so much hate talk out there. But they're the first people to use tea bagger, which is, of course, uh, a sexual term. It's meant as a very derogatory slam toward the, uh, the Tea Party movement. They're like, we want to raise the discourse on talk radio. There's so much hate talk. But of course, then they go on and they use tea bagger. And some of those guys, like that Mike Malloy, he's like one of the angriest guys on the left. He just gets on, screams and yells and, and you know, goddamn this and goddamn that. And, you know, but the problem is he's just yelling and screaming, calling them teabaggers. That's not raising the level. That's 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 the same kind of crap that you're getting out of Glenn Beck and Rush Limbaugh. It's actually worse because it's even angrier and you're claiming to be above them. The Tea Party, he says, they're kicking the revolution into high gear. Both parties are to blame, so vote out incumbents. Spare no one. We need new leadership. Another Reagan or Truman. Congress better get the message. Cut the budget or they'll dump the rest of you in the coming great purge of 2012. Unfortunately, they're tone deaf because Congress can't see past the election. Now, uh, he says, this is, these are his words. Again, this is Paul Farrell from Newsweek. He says, so thanks, Tea Party. Vegas odds must favor a second American revolution. Actually, the revolution is already roaring. It's roaring hot. It's about time. The GOP and the Dems had more than a decade, but America's worse off. We need a real revolution to restore sanity. Or we can kiss democracy and capitalism goodbye permanently. The problem with revolution, and as, as uh, Paul Farrell points out here, that, you know, it'll, it'll hit the markets hard. We're not talking about necessarily revolution as in revolutionary war. But he outlines, uh, he, outlines um, he says here, if you think you're mad as hell now, you ain't seen nothing yet. Here's the timeline that Paul Farrell puts out for the revolution that's going to take place in this country. Stage one. The, G- the Dems just put the nail in their coffin by confirming that they are wimps, refusing to force the GOP to filibuster the Bush tax cuts for America's richest, as he said. This is These are his words. Stage two. The GOP takes over the House, expanding its war to destroy Obama with its new policy of complete gridlock, even shutting down government. Step three. Obama goes lame duck. Step four. The GOP wins back the White House and Senate in 2012. Health care reforms uh, for insurers. Uh, free market financial uh, deregulation returns. Step five. Under the new president, Wall Street's uh, um, insatiable greed triggers the catastrophic third meltdown of the 21st century. Uh, Schiller, uh, that Schiller predicted, um with uh, defaults on uh, dollar denominations and debt. And stage six, the second American revolution explodes into a brutal full-scale class war rebelling against the out-of-touch, out-of-control, greedy conspiracy of the rich now running America. Step seven, domestic class warfare is compounded by the Pentagon's prediction that by 2020, an an ancient pattern of desperate all-out wars over food, water, and energy supplies would emerge worldwide, and warfare is deflating human life. What's behind our uh, 2010 to 2020 countdown? It became obvious after reading the brilliant but bleak Decadence of Election 2010 report by Professor Peter uh, Morici, who's the former chief economist at the International Trade Commission, he says that no hope from America's political parties, just a dark scenario ahead. So that is uh, Paul Farrell's stance from Newsweek. He says that this is this is what's going to happen. He says that, you know, be careful what you wish for with this Tea Party and be careful what you wish for with the throw-the-bums-out mentality because he says that w- what happens once you throw the Dems out, you're just going to get Republicans and they're going to go back and propping up corporations and... and and everything's just going to get out of control again. And then we'll have class warfare. Of course, what he f- fails to think about here, and he points out how the Republicans will just engage in gridlock and Obama will be a lame duck president. The Republicans are supposed to engage in gridlock. There's supposed to be gridlock in, in government. That's The role of a Republican is to block Democrats' bills and Democratic agendas. Just like the role of Democrats is to block the agenda of Republicans. That's what they are elected to do. If I elect a guy, I want him to to stand on the principles that I elect him to. If I elect somebody to Congress, let's say I elect a Republican to Congress and I want him to cut taxes. Well, if if there's a democrat in there that wants to raise taxes i want my guy to be in there and defend what i elected him to do and that is to cut taxes so i want him to block tax increases that's what government is all that's what this system of government is all about it's about putting the people in that you feel best represent you and making sure that they actually do represent you there's nothing wrong with gridlock there's, there is something wrong with not getting anything done, and the two are very different. Gridlock is opposing things that you are, that you elect people to do. You, you elect people to represent you, and gridlock is you want them to represent you and not do the opposite of what you elected them to do. You know, I don't think anybody is against uh, having a uh, having a defense in this country. I don't think anybody is against. Uh, protecting our nation's sovereignty. I don't think anybody is against a military uh, for the most part. I don't think people are against, uh, you know, continuing infrastructure aside from the hardcore libertarians and the, 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 you know, the anarchist groups out there. But okay. But other than that, the differences are how do you raise the money? The differences are how do you regulate the financial sector? How do you regulate the mortgage industry? How do you go about building the infrastructure that we need in this country? Why are we giving all this money to the UN? Why are we giving all this money to foreign aid? Why are we fighting wars in Iraq and Afghanistan? What's going on there? That's where people have questions. The basics, a lot of people are agreed upon. But there's a lot of other stuff that people, they, they want some answers. And there's nothing wrong with wanting those answers. People have a lot of questions about that. So, this dubious timetable that has that uh, been put in here and this uh, this talk about revolution. Look, I don't know. I don't know if we're heading for a, a full-scale revolution in this country, but we, we're we definitely going to be heading for a political one. That's for sure. Because what's happening now is people are becoming desperate. People are unemployed. They see, uh, they see where we're at right now. They see what's on the horizon. And they don't think... The, the, the common sentiment is The economy is going to turn around eventually But is it going to be Too little too late Is it going to turn around too late for some people Is it going to be What's going to happen when all these people That have been, that have been laid off in the last year When their unemployment benefits run out And you can't really live on unemployment It's not even really a means to an end It's a thousand bucks a month. It's not even a thousand bucks a month in Phoenix, in Arizona. You get 960 bucks a month. I was talking to somebody the other day uh, in Florida, they get like 1,100 for their unemployment. I was like, wow, that's a lot more than we get here. You can't live on that kind of money, especially not in a major city. I mean, you could live in Mexico on a thousand bucks a month. Fine, you're like a king there. You'd probably build yourself a mansion. Oh, we have some servants. Could eat lobster every night. Yeah, for a thousand bucks a month. Sure, but this is the United States. Uh, you know, I don't think so. Most apartments in Phoenix, e- even in the slums, well, you probably get a slum apartment for like 500 bucks a month. But it's, is it a place you really want to live? I'm just saying that uh, that's not really a, a life, that's not even really, really a great lifestyle living off unemployment. But, Imagine the lifestyle you have when you get nothing. Imagine that lifestyle. That's a pretty piece of crap lifestyle right there. And that's what people are worried about because the jobs, they just aren't coming back. In spite of the claim that the recession is over, uh, well, let's let's just back the truck up there, Butch. Recession ain't quite over with yet. Not in the eyes of the American people. So... I don't necessarily agree that we're going to have fights in the streets over food and water and that we're going to have urban warfare developing soon. Um, Though I, I know people that do think that way. Then again, I know people that believe in the new world order and everything like that. And you know what? My face is going to be red if that does come about. Luckily, I do own a gun, but it's not really a gun for urban warfare. I don't, I don't necessarily buy into the, that idea. I think the Tea Party, I think the, the, the idea behind the Tea Party is fine. I think their execution is off. That's all. That's the bottom line. Really, I actually could have shortened this segment quite a bit by just saying, the idea behind the Tea Party is great. The execution, uh, not so much. All right. Mike at KMGX.com. Uh, that would be the email address. It's Mike at kmgx.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger, and of course, you know you can send us money via PayPal. Uh, again, that's Mike at kmgx.com as well. Um, we do take your donations to keep this show on the air. I got bills, I got stuff. I got people that don't pay their uh, that they, they, they don't pay me when I render them services. I'm still chasing down money from a guy.
3: Yeah, case
2: so, I've got a lot of uh, I got a lot of things to, you know, on my plate. So, we would appreciate your donations And michaelgroff.com Cuz I bet you know, my girlfriend would really appreciate donations for working on the site. You can sell them to her. You don't. I don't even have to get the money. All right. Quick break. We'll come back. I got a lot of stuff still to talk about. We got to take a look at the pop chart as well. I gotta talk. I am fascinated. I don't know why. I, I don't know. I'm just. I'm fascinated by by Tiger Woods. For some reason, uh, this guy is. This guy's unbelievable. And now there might be a sex tape. I mean, I, I'm not necessarily ready to buy into this yet, but they claim that there's a sex tape out, so we got to get into that. Uh, and somebody somebody got fired at CNN finally. It's kind of bittersweet for me. All right. We'll be back. There's more coming up. It's the zip code famous Michael Groff show. segment number two it's the zip code famous Michael Grobb show yeah I'm, I'm definitely in a, an unusual mood
1: do you think you do nothing wrong
2: with an Elton John bumper come on it's not it doesn't make me less of a man sometimes sometimes people back in the in the days when we did the show live people used to write in about some of the bumpers they used to say, When we play stuff like this, they would. Everybody would complain. And so, for those people, here you go. All right. Mike at KMGX.com. The email address It's Mike at KMGX.com. It's also our PayPal address. AOL Instant Messenger Michael Graff Show is the screen name. On um, Well, of course, Michael is a place to go for our chat channel, everything like that. Of course, if you want to get in there without using the web chat, you can always uh, just get EFNet. IR, go on to uh, IRC, the EFNet uh, network, and uh, hang out over there. Our channel is Net Radio. All right. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't forget to donate to the show. Yeah, that's the most important thing. That's why this show exists, is for your donations. I could make a very, very... I could have a very fine existence uh, based on the donations I get from this show. Not really. All right, it sounded good, though. Now... This is uh, this is interesting. I'm fascinated by this story. I, I have to admit, I I don't know why. Generally, I really don't care about this kind of thing. This is hell. When the story came out last year, my initial stance on the air was, "Who the hell cares?" But I'm becoming fascinated with Tiger Woods. Maybe it's the psychology of somebody that is just so self-destructive. It's somebody that, is, that has been so prominent in our society. Somebody that is, his star was so far up there, you didn't think that there was anything that could ever bring this guy down. And here it is, he's now, um, well, I mean, the mighty have fallen. There's just no other way to put it. This guy has gone he's done a complete 180 in the eyes of most people. remember we read that poll that uh, he had about an eighty five percent favorability rating among uh f- among people not just necessarily sports fans but among people now his favorability rating's like thirty four percent so and i'm always fascinated with somebody that has it all and somehow manages to lose it and a guy that let's face it he's he was worth a billion bucks tiger woods the For all intents and purposes, the best golfer in the world for years and years, goes off, gets married, has kids. Now, that always brings about the age-old question of why does a professional athlete, while they're still a professional athlete, while they're still active, why do they get married? It almost never works out. But okay, he did. And of course, it didn't work out. He went out and had sex with, God, as far as we know, at least 19 different women not just had sex with not just like one night stands either he had he had relationships or wanted to establish relationships with most of them which is a strange psychology in and of itself It speaks to somebody that uh, obviously has uh, either mothering issues or has issues with uh, needing constant validation from multiple women all the time. People need validation, sure, but this is is taking validation to a whole other level. I want to be with all these women, and I want them exclusive to me, but I'm going to cheat on each and every one of them, not to mention my wife. I mean, you talk about a strange psychology, so that's why, from that perspective, I am fascinated by Tiger Woods. You have a billion dollars, you have a hot wife, you have kids, you have uh, homes all over the place. You're you're not just a golfer either. You're the best at your trade, and that's still not enough. You know, I'm a, I'm a guy I'm struggling. You know, and here I am. I, I'm wait, I, I'm I'm looking for for. Anything I can get from life, and this guy—he uh, has everything, and it's still not enough. You know, and many people, many people out there—they're people that struggle through life. They struggle financially that's right now from, I'm just talking about that aspect of it. You have a billion dollars or almost, a, and you have, you have a contract where you're getting all this money. You have all these different endorsement deals. It's not just about golf either. It's all these different endorsement deals. And here you are, you're, you're doing everything you can to destroy your income. And oh, by the way, now because of all this, you suck at golf. You've taken a major step backwards. I mean, yeah, you're still better than than Joe Golfer that goes out there and hits the links every weekend. You're still better than you know, like my uncle who goes out and golfs all the time. I don't even know what his handicap is. I wonder. I wonder how my my uncle actually. I wonder how good he. I mean, he golfs all the time. I mean, he's got to be. He's got to be pretty good at it. You think? This guy, uh, he's destroyed. And then, of course, the emotional aspect. So now here's the latest. So apparently, um, there's a sex tape out there. The uh, one of these women who claimed that uh, she was Tiger Woods' fifteenth mistress says that she has a 62 minute sex tape with uh, with the golfer, and says that she sold it to a, uh, she sold it in a deal that she expects to earn her millions of dollars. This is according to Radar Online, by the way. Quote, we made a deal with a DVD production company, uh, says uh, this woman, Devon, whatever her name, I don't know. Um, This is according, yeah, this this woman, woman, uh, her husband is doing all the marketing behind it. This guy, Nick James, he told Radar Online, quote, we're going to sell the video online and we get half the profits of all sales. Do people actually buy porn online anymore? Does anybody actually buy those? I mean, because they, you know, I guess one copy gets bought and then it ends up on, uh, it ends up on, um, you know, whatever site, RedTube or porn or whatever. Devon and her husband, Nick, They uh, flew from their Florida home to Los Angeles last week to meet with a major porn studio to discuss the sale of the tape. Quote, they were scared of uh, the Tiger lawyers, Nick said. Ultimately, we found a different company, and uh, they gave us $350,000 down with projected sales of $5 million total. Once this thing is out. the Nick said that the website will be launched in a couple of weeks. And will uh, first feature a teaser for the tape. And uh, if you pre-book buying the tape. You get it on November 15th. Otherwise it comes out for sale on uh, November 20th. As uh, RadarOnline.com revealed. James whose real name is uh, Melinda Jeanette claims that uh, she secretly held on to the tape that includes 37 minutes of her and Tiger having sex. 37 minutes, that's it? I mean, come on. Man up. Quote, it's going to be the bomb, Devon told Radar Online. (laughs) But skeptics, including her own mother, Sandra Brinling, Uh, have doubted whether it even exists. RadarOnline.com has not seen the tape and cannot confirm if it exists at this time. When contacted by Radar.com, the James attorney, Cal Affleck, uh, was unavailable. Yeah, surprise, surprise. I'm sure Tiger's people are very, very interested in this. I'm sure Tiger's people are going to want to uh, get in on this uh, like right away and see what the deal is. All right, so uh, look for that coming out uh, November 15th. But don't bother looking for it. You know what? Just, you don't have to buy it. Just look for it on your favorite porn site. It'll be there. I mean, God, uh, every Paris Hilton tape or every one of these other tapes. Uh, remember when Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, there was a sex tape out there? By the way... That was the biggest uh, rip ever. I mean, people, this was back sort of in the early days of the internet or in the, in the intermediate stages of the internet. And uh, that tape, I, I remember they sold that. Somebody found a tape of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee having sex. Like, like really finding a tape of Pamela Anderson having sex with somebody is really so hard to do. I'm sure I have one around here somewhere. I'm pretty sure most people in the lower 48 have a have a tape of Pamela Anderson getting it on with somebody. You know that one or both of them leaked that tape out. Because if there is really such an outrage just like with this thing, if there's really such an outrage, that be, they'd be sued and and you know whoever put it out would be sued, the the company and they'd be out of business. But why would Tommy Lee be upset? I mean, you get you see his massive his massive penis on on this tape that circles circulates around. That's only good for him. And Pamela Anderson, she didn't care because she thinks that she's hot, and you know she's not. I mean, that woman she's to me a train wreck. But whatever. And I'm not even talking about the Hep C aspect. I don't find Pamela Anderson hot. Look. I, I'm one of those people that, uh, you know, if you can make, if I, if I could, uh, if I could stand on top of your breasts and I'm not talking about, I, I mean, like if you lay them flat up on a, you know, in the water or something and I can stand up on them and, and look for sharks that are out there in the, in the sea, or I can, you know, I could set up a, a table there and I can, <laughs> you know, I could serve Thanksgiving dinner off of, off of one of your boobs it's a little too big for me. Sorry. Not attracted to Pamela Anderson. Not then, not now. And I'm not really interested in seeing a Tiger Woods sex tape either. Although these women that he was with say that, wow, you know, well, some of them said that he was pretty good. And some of them said that, you know, he wasn't. I'm pretty sure that if you're with a guy that's worth a billion dollars... I'm sure the sex is probably a little bit pretty. It's probably at least okay. Not too often a woman sleeps with a billionaire and goes, eh, it's awful. That's just, that's my guess. All right. So, uh, and this is interesting. The U.S. is now apologizing after, uh, you know, this is, this is an apology about 70 years in the making. Uh, American scientists used to deliberately infect prisoners and patients in a mental hospital in Guatemala with syphilis over 60 years ago. This, of course, is a recently unearthed experiment that prompted U.S. officials to apologize Friday (laughs) and declare outrage over such reprehensible research. The discovery dredges up past wrongs (laughs) In the name of science, like the infamous uh, Tuskegee syphilis uh, study that um, went on in this country that has long, of course, uh, dampened minority participation in medical research and could complicate ongoing studies overseas that depend on cooperation from some of the world's poorest countries to uh, tackle very tough to treat diseases uncovering this uh, also gives us all a chance to look at, the, uh, look at this and even as we are uh, 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 appalled at what was done we want to redouble our efforts to make sure that something like this never happens again this is according to Dr. Francis Collins he's the director of National Institutes of Health the NIH funded the experiment from 1946 to 1948 so uh, over 60 oh, 64 years ago it was uncovered by a, uh, by a Wellesley College uh, medical historian. It apparently was conducted to test if penicillin, which was then relatively new, could prevent some sexually transmitted infections. The study came up with no useful information and was hidden for decades. Meanwhile, a bunch of people got infected with syphilis. Quote, we are outraged that such reprehensible research could have occurred under the guise of public health. Secretary of State Hillary Rodham Clinton said at the Health and Human Services uh, uh, office, I guess, the other day. Story's cut off. President Barack Obama called uh, Guatemala's President Alvaro Colon and uh, he apologized as well. Yeah, why? Why is the president apologizing for something that happened before he was even born? Gosh, you know, we're really sorry, um, even though uh, I had nothing to do with it personally and just about everybody that's alive in our government today had nothing to do with it, uh, but we're still apologizing. Yeah, I mean, why doesn't Germany just go and apologize to France and Poland and Russia and everybody else? Fair, well, you know, it's really sorry about the whole trying to take you over thing. Boy, is our face ever red for that. Oh gosh, you know, but I mean, now it's it's all good now. I mean, that, that was seventy-one years ago. What right? you going to hold us hold that against us forever? And we'd like to apologize to the Jews as well, and we'd like to apologize to Austria for their, for getting them involved and Italy, uh, for everything as well. We really don't really want to apologize to the French because they're still the French and they suck. But everybody else, but gosh, you know, so sorry to learn for to our friend, fine folks over in the UK. London, we're very sorry for bombing cool. Gosh, we're so sorry. I, I don't know. The apology seems a little bit... All right, and then, you know, I have to tell you, there's an old saying that if you give a man enough rope, he'll hang himself. If you let a dumb guy talk, they'll eventually say a really dumb thing. And, of course, that's always been true of Rick Sanchez over at CNN. Rick Sanchez has made many dumb comments over the years. We have chronicled many of them on this show. Many other shows have done it as well. It's fun. It's just something to poke fun at. It's just a big dopey guy that somehow CNN thought was useful. And they put him on the air. And really, if you take the teleprompter away from him, he's liable to say really incredibly dumb things. And that is precisely what happened. He was on a show a serious XM radio show the other day. And he was being interviewed. We should just play this for you. Here's the, uh, we have the audio. <laughs> and because of this audio, Rick Sanchez has now been fired by CNN, which is kind of bittersweet for me because, God, I, I love poking fun at dumb guys that say dumb things. And to think that uh, CNN could hire somebody that's this stupid, they actually entrusted their airwaves to somebody with this low intelligence that somehow uh I'm always fascinated by that I'm fascinated but that they they hired him in the first place I'm surprised it took this long for him to get fired among other things uh Sanchez called the daily show host John Stewart a bigot said that he was uh that the reason that he pokes fun, the reason that John Stewart pokes fun at Rick Sanchez is according to Rick Sanchez. The reason that he pokes fun at me is because I'm Cuban and that Jon Stewart is represents the northeast liberal media, the elitist northeast media. And then in the same breath, he also says, well, uh, there's bigotry on both the left and the right. You know, the right is not the only ones that are involved in bigotry. It, it comes from the left also. Well, I mean, that's that's a good statement. Thank you. We already kind of knew that. Sanchez, uh, apparently, he doesn't understand that Jon Stewart makes fun of everybody. And then when the host of this show comes back and says, well, Rick, you understand that um, Jon Stewart's a minority as well. He's Jewish. Well, this is probably what got him fired. You know, calling Jon Stewart a bigot was not what got Rick Sanchez fired. It's the fact that then he went to the Well, Jews aren't really an oppressed minority. He came from a suburban, rich lifestyle. I'm Cuban. Well, I mean, last I checked, Cubans have political asylum here in the United States, but never mind that. Rick Sanchez doesn't seem to understand that the reason that Jon Stewart is making fun of him has nothing to do with the fact that he's Cuban, it has to do with the fact that you're an idiot. You're a complete moron. I mean, you say incredibly dumb things. You say, a guy says to you, uh, when talking about the tsunami, well, the wave could be up to nine meters tall. Rick Sanchez says, what does that mean in English? What is that in English? Well, uh, Rick, nine meters in English is um, nine meters because see nine and meter, those are both English words. So that's like, what's Guten Morgen in German? Well, uh, it's Guten Morgen. And then uh, this is, of course, the same Rick Sanchez that he didn't understand how there could be a volcano in Iceland because Iceland is so cold. And you only think of volcanoes in places with long names like Hawaii. <laughs> because, of course, Hawaii is such a long name and Iceland is a, is a very short name and it's a cold place. So you, meanwhile, of course, Iceland is a longer word or name than Hawaii. (laughs) It's again, it's hard to believe that CNN had a guy like this on since 2004. He's been on the air for six years there. All right, look, this is Rick said, this is uh. so just so you don't think I'm taking what he said out of context, this is, he was on a radio show and I forget the guy's name. I, I swore I wasn't going to forget it. And then I did. was on a, um, he was on a, a radio show on Sirius XM. And, uh,
3: well, here he is. I think John Stewart's a bigot. I think he I think looks. John Stewart's a bigot. Hold on. Uh, now, now we're going to get into it. John Stewart's friend. Yeah, I think he's a bigot. How is he a bigot. I think he looks at the world through uh, uh, his mom, who was a school teacher, and his dad, who was a uh, physicist or something like that. Great. I'm so happy that he grew up in a suburban, middle class New Jersey home with everything that you could what ever imagine. Group is he bigoted towards? everybody else who's not like him. Look at his show. I mean, what does he surround himself uh, with? But well, listen, he uh, picks on uh, uh,
0: Jews all the time. He's a mm-hmm. Jew. Yeah. He focuses on them. I think he overcompensates to some extent. I always noticed that. Yeah. He goes after himself well, by the way, and people me, like let, him but, and everybody else. Well, let, I totally,
3: I disagree with you and I
0: defy you uh, to give me a specific let, example. Let, let,
3: me give you, let me give you an example of what I mean about that, by the way. I don't it's necessarily a strong, think.
0: pretty strong words. Call well, John Stewart a bigot. Well, Call anybody a bigot. Give me an example. Well, that's what,
3: that's what happens when you watch yourself on his show every day and all they ever do is call you stupid. You see... Uh, well, if he's bigoted
0: against the ignorant, fine. If he's bigoted against the apathetic and he's being elitist saying that others are stupid, but what group specifically? Call someone a bigot against who?
3: Anybody who's different than you are. Anybody who's not from your frame of reference. Anybody who doesn't look and sound exactly like the people that you sound and grew up with. The people that you put on your show uh, who always reflect somebody who's, I'm bringing in to sit around me, you know? who's very different from me. I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't buy this thing that the only people out there who are prejudiced, all right, uh, the only people out there who are prejudiced are the right. There's people who are prejudiced on both but, sides. But, but you're not
0: giving me a specific example. You're saying he's bigger towards people who aren't like him. His guests come from every... He,
3: he has the most right wing. I, I think... Don't you point I, your I, I, Sharpie I, at me, Sanchez. <laughs> don't you take your Sharpie out. I think John's show is essentially prejudicial. I think against that John's who? show against is who? against anybody who doesn't agree with his point of view, which is very much a white liberal establishment point of view. He can't relate to a guy like me. He can't relate to a guy whose dad worked all his life. He can't relate to somebody who grew up poor. He can't relate, he can't relate to, oh, can't relate whoa, to whoa, somebody. Whoa, 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 whoa. No, oh, he whoa. can't. He's a stand-up comedian. No, he's not. According yes. to Time Magazine, no, 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 no. he's the guy Don't that most Americans me, you know, trust for news. Whatever. He's a stand up comedian. But not- By the what-
2: way, this is from the Pete Dominic show. And uh, Pete Dominic is totally taking Rick Sanchez behind the woodshed in this, which is generally what happens to Rick Sanchez. So, this isn't like his dopey CNN show where, he's, uh, where he gets to be the domineering personality.
0: Ever. It's, it, no, it's not. If you just said he can't relate to people like you, Rick, he can't. Rick. Hold on, Rick. I'm a stand-up comedian. All I've right. been a stand-up comedian for 15 years. It's a really, really difficult job. It's filled with failure. It's filled with travel. It's filled with hard work. We might not be out there doing, you know, physical labor and like your dad did, but I, I don't think it's fair to define. Oh, no, 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 he, he no, no, no. no works very right. hard. And you're right. I'm telling you, you're he right. puts in right. 12 hours a you're day right. on that show. You're right. And his staff respects him. And I, I don't. I don't agree with that. You're, you're I don't right. know his parents. You're right.
3: I'm not but saying. I for him. No, wait, wait. You've misunderstood me. I'm not saying that he he's doesn't. He can't
0: relate to people who he work He can't. Hard. No,
3: he can't relate to what I grew up with. Absolutely but that that's not. That's not fair. But
0: that's not fair to say because he can't, because he didn't have your life experience, he's not somehow on your level. It's not his fault. We can't
3: just say. No, it's that he looks at me as not being
0: on his level. Yeah, I think you're holding a grudge because he picked on you. No, I I, know, I,
3: I, I'm telling you. did you I fire a bomb at Colbert it. last week? I, I, I can't remember, did not you take a shot I, at Colbert? I, you guys I, are crazy. I, I must have at some point. But yeah, I'm, look, my point is very simple. I see stuff O'Reilly and Glenn Beck do and I say, wow, that's very discriminatory. Mm-hmm. That's very prejudicial. And I look at stuff that Colbert and, uh, and, uh, uh John Stewart do and I think, wow, That's very prejudicial. So, you know, we have a tendency to only look at one side. I'm saying we ought to be able to look at both sides. That's all all I'm saying.
0: I certainly agree with that. But but here. if we're going to call
3: one side bigoted, we probably got to look at the other side. Well, I'd be careful with the word bigot. I'd be careful. I'll take the word bigot back. I'll say prejudicial. Look at what I did here. Uninformed.
2: So, yeah, because Jews are not an oppressed minority, they're certainly not. I mean, they're only basically the, the the target for anti-Semitism across the world. They've only been the victim. I know, in spite of what Mahmoud Ahmadinejad might say, they've only been the victim of genocide in a world war. But no, they're not an oppressed minority. They wouldn't know. See, he's, he's going to the race card unnecessarily. Once again, uh, Rick, you're not being made fun of because you're Cuban. I, and I don't, I don't know. I don't watch The Daily Show. I've never really gotten the Jon Stewart phenomenon myself. I'm not a big fan. I mean, I'm not against him. I, I, don't, I don't dislike the guy. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's never really been my cup of tea, the show. But okay, as far as I know, and somebody could correct me if I'm wrong. As far as I know, Jon Stewart's never got on the air and says, man, what a stupid Cuban he is. You know, all Cubans and then just rips into Cubans. I don't think so. I think he probably makes fun of statements like this. This is, here's, this is a great, uh, here's Rick Sanchez telling you that Iceland is too cold to have a volcano. How
3: can you get a volcano in Iceland? Isn't it too, too, when you think of, when you think of a volcano, you think of like Hawaii and long words like that. You don't think of Iceland. You think it's too cold to have a volcano there, but no.
2: (laughs) You know, actually there's more to this clip. At one point, Rick Sanchez doesn't know what the white things in the sky are when they're looking at the at the uh, volcanic uh, eruption. He doesn't understand that those are clouds. Listen. Oh,
3: there it is. Look at that. What, do you, what is this? That go is a, go that take is, us through these pictures. That, that is a plume of ash coming out of the top of a vol- volcano going straight up. What's tens, the white stuff? Though? Tens that, of thousand, that's just a cloud. Oh,
1: okay.
2: Yeah. 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 The volcano's going off, but there's just regular weather happening underneath it. This thing's going tens of thousands of feet in the sky. Rick Sanchez. Rick San... You know, uh, he would be out-debated by just about anybody. He'd have people on to dispute him on illegal immigration. He would come up with facts that don't even exist or he'd just make up stuff or he'd he'd quote from information that was completely irrelevant or dated. But, I mean, just the sheer stupid things that he says like that. I have to play that. It's hard to believe that something that dumb came out of a human being's mouth. Somebody that works... At CNN, no less. Not just, not just guy on the street. Because I'm pretty sure that if you if you asked a hundred people, I'm sure a few people would say, "Yeah, I think it's too cold in Iceland to have a a volcano. You got to have it. Gotta be hot. Somebody get out of do dang old volcanoes." That's yeah. I'm sure somebody else would say that, but I don't know. It'd be pretty hard to imagine play that again how
3: can you get a volcano in iceland isn't it too, too when you think of when you think of a volcano you think of like hawaii and long words like that you don't long think words
2: like that iceland you All think right. it's too
3: cold to have a volcano there but no there it is. Look at that. What, do you, what is this? Expl- that is Go a, that take is, us through these pictures. That, that is a plume of ash coming out of the top of a vol- volcano going straight up. What's tens, the white stuff? Though? Tens that of that thousand, of That's just a cloud. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 The volcano's going off, but there's just regular weather happening underneath it. This
2: thing's going tens of thousands of feet in the sky. Of course, I'm also reminded of when... Uh, when remember when the Chilean earthquake happened earlier this year, and um, the islands off the coast of South America... We're in danger of a tsunami. In fact, the entire Pacific, every, everywhere across the Pacific, from Australia to Hawaii to even the west coast of Mexico and the United States, could have potentially been affected by, even Japan, could have uh, potentially been affected by the tsunami that was uh, resulting from the Chilean earthquake. So Rick Sanchez thought that the islands that are off the South American coast are the Hawaiian islands. Yes. Yeah, so again, this is what happens when you have a guy that clearly... Um, Doesn't have much education, uh, clearly doesn't know his ass from a hole in the ground, can't find it with two hands and a flashlight. This is what happens when you put a guy like that on the air. And uh, yeah, Rick, just so you know, Hawaii is, uh, well, it's in the Northern Hemisphere. It's, uh, what is uh, the big island, uh, the Hawaiian Island chain, it's at about what, 20 degrees north almost? And it's uh, thousands of miles to the west, northwest of South America. Geography lesson for you, Rick. This guy really could have benefited from like a, a geology class. Yeah, you know, there's uh, volcanoes that go off in uh, all latitudes, in all climates. Because climate doesn't affect volcanoes. Volcanoes can affect climate, but climate doesn't really affect volcanoes. Hot places have them, cold places have them, temperate places arctic places they all have volcanoes because you know that's a geothermal thing well anyway I, i'm sure it would make his head explode if you said geothermal so rick sanchez uh, cnn confirmed yes rick sanchez has been terminated uh he's terminated because he's a dumbass and because he went to the uh he's a jew uh, card basically and he said he's picking on me because i'm cuban which, in a way, it's almost kind of a weak reason to fire the guy. It's, you should have fired him for all those other statements. I guess this would just be the straw that broke the camel's back, uh, that Rick's List show that's on there. I, now, I'm seeing here, I, I also see that his show on Thursday, his Rick's List show on Thursday, was the most watched episode of the show in CNN's history. Because that show's been on for like six years. See, I, it's bittersweet because... <laughs> If I, was, if I was the executive over there at CNN responsible for hiring and firing somebody, the first time he said something stupid like that, I'd want to write up the pink slip and give it to him. But then at the same time, I'm like, well, he's so dumb that I think people are likely to tune in to see what dumb thing he's going to say next. I mean, I have to admit, I'm pretty fascinated by Rick Sanchez. He's a big, dopey guy. You know what he is? He's that friend that you have that you keep around because whenever you're next to him, you feel like your IQ is fifty points higher than it really is. You're like a super genius next to some guy like that. Just like, just like uh, women. Uh, women generally make friends with. Uh, some women will make friends with a with a really ugly chick, so that when they go out, you know, looking for looking for dudes. Uh, you know, they look even hotter next to the ugly chick. You know, it's just like, you know, you'll you'll take a a dumb guy like this out with you because anything you say will sound smarter than what he says. As long as you don't completely drool all over yourself and, uh, you know, talk about, I don't know, and say something dumb like, the recession's over. As long as you don't do something like that, you're going to look like a genius next to a guy uh, like Rick Sanchez. That's all there is to it. All right, Mike at KMGX.com. That's the email address. It's Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. EFnet IRC Net Radio, the channel, of course, all of our contact information and more. Plus you can donate to the show. That's all is over there at michaelgraff.com. You get it? You dig? You understand? It's the zip code famous Michael Groff show. And we'll be back. Isn't crazy enough already. We decided to throw a little bit more chaos into it. Now, here's the Michael Groff random rejoin. Random rejoin. feel like I'm hosting the dedication show. It's uh, the time to get your shouts of dedication on the air. As I like to say, shouts of deads. Your sheds. Here's Atlantic Star with Always.
4: Yeah. Girl, you are to me all
1: that a woman should be.
2: It's sad that I know this song, isn't it?
1: Do you all? (laughs) You <laughs> must have been sent from up above And I know
2: you'll stay All right, it's uh, the third and final segment, Mercifully So. Michael Graff, uh, the zip code famous Michael Graff show. Mike at kmgx.com is the email address. It's Mike at kmgx.com. That random rejoin, that's... We'll yeah, believe it or not, we have this in the library. I know, it's kind of... So, If you're looking for me to uh, DJ your wedding, I-, I can certainly bring along all of your favorite love songs. Here we go Did these guys did Atlantic Star have any other hits? I don't I don't really remember. I know this was number one. I know that, but for
1: me,
2: so just saying, I'm available to DJC. I could do this right now. It's like you know, uh, all right. It's time for the uh, the bride and groom. It's time for them to dance, and uh, here this this will be the appropriate shot. I, and I'll even do that voice for you if 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 I really have to. Uh, just make sure you give me like at least uh, at least a bottle of uh, Jack Jack Daniels, so I can do it. Yeah. I can't find enough
1: ways to let you know But you can
2: be sure All right MichaelGroff.com, the place to go for all other things Michael Graff related, you know how that works And if you think this music is bad uh, Kids, I gotta tell you You haven't heard anything yet Oh, no Here we go. It's time to take a look at the top 10 songs in the world of... Yes, top 40 radio stations across the country are always playing the same old songs over and over again. These are the 10 most played songs on those top 40 radio stations in the last week. This week at number 10, it's Rihanna. Yes, Rihanna's back because I was just saying the other day, man, I miss Rihanna being on the pop chart. Here she is with Only Girl, in parentheses it says, in the world. just saying this to be snarky I know I say this like every week but I I really do mean it does this sound any different from any other Rihanna song really Uh, is it is it really that different from any of her other songs I can imagine that there are clubs everywhere already playing this. It's got it's got that definite club feel. It's over modulated completely. It's so badly produced. All right, number nine. Speaking of badly produced, is Florida Club can't handle me. It's the wimpier side of Florida. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, I know how so to make you stop this day as I fall down. The, so the club ain't even handled me right now. Watching you, watching me, I go on now. The club ain't even handled me
2: right now. Yeah. You know, I think I'd rather go back and listen to Atlantic Star again. That's all I hear. I should just make a song where I do that. I wonder if anybody would notice. I just take this bed and just go. You're off. And every once in a while I'd change it up, I go, yo yeah. And I'd say something like make it rain in there. Make it rain. Just say a bunch of non-sequiturs. Speaking of non sequiturs number eight, it's Nelly with Just a Dream. Again, another Nelly's back and he's uh, it's gotten much more sensitive. There's a song that you play for the ladies. You say, Yeah, look how sensitive I am. 124-7 KISH FL. And I'm a Water Music Station. That's from Delhi. oh. Uh, uh. uh.
4: The number one spot, now she found her a replacement. I swear now nah, I can't take it, knowing somebody's got my baby. And now you ain't around, baby, I can't think. I should've put it down, should've got that ring I could like still feel it in the air. See a pretty face, run my fingers through a hair. My love, my life, my shorty, my wife.
2: Of course, shorties in there. I'm I'm. I'm told. It's my understanding that shody means girl. Although, if a woman is saying it, it can refer to a guy. It's your significant other, my shody. I don't know why a woman would say that about a dude because dudes are generally taller. So wouldn't that be my tawly? I, I don't understand the whole hip hop subculture. I. Man, I swear I see her face at every time Trying to get my usher on, but I can't let it burn And I just hope she know that she's the only one I yearn for
1: More and more, I miss the woman I learned Didn't give her all my love I
2: guess now I got my payback Now I'm in the club thinking all about my baby Hey, she was... All right, and then at number seven I guess that love was enough I'm going through that Listen, I can't say anything bad about it Because, you know, this is, this is the artist my... my uh My shoddy. My shoddy likes this artist. It's, uh, it's, and she doesn't like this song necessarily, but she likes this artist. My shoddy. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to call her that from now on. Be like, yo, my shoddy. Yeah. Yeah, you my shoddy. All right. (laughs) It's, uh, Eminem and Rihanna with Love the Way You Lie.
4: stand there and watch me burn. That's all right. Because I like. Just gonna stand there and hear me cry. Well, that's alright because I love the way you lie. I love the way you lie. I can't tell you what it really is. I can only tell you what it feels like. And right now there's a steel knife in my windpipe. I can't breathe, but I still fight. Well, I can fight as long as the wrong feels right. It's like I'm in flight for long trump from my hate it's like i'm off and pain now love with the more I suffer i suffer cake break right before i'm about to drown she
0: was such
2: a tease me she hates me and i love it all right, so that's yeah, my shawty's artist right there m n m yeah 1047 kiss fm and they didn't know, hire me on there because i i sounded too uh white she's always laying It's 104.7 KISS FM, your number one hit music station. This is the latest from Eminem. Me, or however white people sound. I don't know. Right, I like the my shouty. She loved this set. She loved this artist. She did not like this. She loved this artist. Yeah. Yeah. It's going out to my shouty. all right
4: because I like You can when you you meet And neither
2: right. one of you know Okay, it okay, a- okay, okay, I get it I And mean, yeah, that's Eminem featuring Rihanna uh, Number seven, uh, Love the Way You Lie Alright, at number six um, There's, uh, this is Ugh, uh, I gotta I got get I gotta smoke a bowl to listen to this song It's Kesha, take it off Oh God, it's so awful. I'd have to be I'd have to be high as a kite to like this song, and maybe not even then. High as a kite, everybody.
0: <laughs> Goofballs. <laughs> <laughs> high as a kite, everybody. Goofballs.
2: falls? <laughs> 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 likes this come on come on everybody that's always the thing that gets me then there's usher featuring pitbull everybody's featuring somebody This is uh, DJ Got Us Fallen in Love. Usha, Usha, Usha. Yeah, man.
4: Usha, Usher. So we back
2: in the club. I should just randomly drop my name into the show.
4: Side to side, side to My buddy. Ain't I seen you before? I think I remember those eyes, 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 eyes,
1: eyes. eyes.
2: And, uh, th- it's our crappy version of uh, this song and you know I know people write in about it um, it's like you don't have to tell us it's it's just a bad song anyway but this is um, this is Enrique Iglesias featuring Pitbull he's featured on everything and this is the song again pardon our, our quality version of it but we don't really care to get a good version so this is uh, I like it but I don't. At number three, it's Tile Cruz with Dynamite. Oh, yeah, this is. Uh. I,
4: I, I came to dance, 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 dance. I hit the floor, cause that's my plans, 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 plans. I'm wearing all my favorite brands, 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 brands. Give me some space for both my hands, 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 hands. You, you, cause it goes on and on and on.
2: If I was listening to a station in this song, this again, these songs would never even get to the hook because I would have already changed the station. There's not a good song on the pop chart this week. Not even close. At number two, it's Bruno Mars with Just The Way You Are. For dedications and requests here, it's the Slow Jabs of 104.7, KSFM, and number one at Music Station. Talking up to the post right now.
4: Oh, her eyes, her eyes, make the stars look like they're not shining. Her hair, her hair, falls perfectly without her trying. She's so beautiful, and I tell her every day. So, it's so sad to think that she don't see what I see. But every time she asks me, do I look okay? I say, when I see your face, there's not a thing that I would change.
1: Because you're amazing.
2: Should we, do our, should we do our test? But well, we'll do this in just a second. All right. That means it's time for the number one song. We're up to the number one song in the country. Uh, This week's number one. If you've been paying attention, you already know what it is, but I'll just build the suspense anyway. It's Katy Perry with... uh, and this time she apparently has her clothes on while she does the song or she has the appropriate attire, at least we think. Here it is. It's uh yes, Katy Perry with Teenage Dreams, the number one song of the nation. That's your pop chart.
1: All right,
2: that's your pop chart for the week. Um, I think what we're gonna do is, I think I think a fun thing to do would be to check out the pop stations here in Phoenix. Let's see if any of the let's see if the uh, two uh, major pop stations here in Phoenix are, are playing any one of those ten songs right now. Let's just see. Because this this actually hinges on whether or not. I can uh, I can actually get them on my uh, receiver. I apologize. I, I hadn't set up the antenna, so I'm I'm just sort of winging it here. But here's here's that. This is the Enrique Iglesias song. It's on the pop chart, or it's on the uh, it's on the pop chart. and It's on the. Uh, this would be uh, KZON in Phoenix. Now let's check KISS FM. Let's see what they're doing.
4: The was
2: see, another song with Shody in it. This song was just on the pop chart. It's like number 12 this week. This is that... Uh, I think this is Usher or something. I don't know. Anyway, so that's what the uh, pop stations here in Phoenix are playing. I apologize; that was uh, very staticky. I didn't set up the uh, the antenna for uh, for that my FM antenna because I, I listen to the radio so infrequently uh, in my in my studio here that I, I don't even I don't even have the uh, the antenna apparatus uh, set up in here on my uh, on my Denon amp. All right, so uh, that's that. Thank you, as always, uh, to the uh, pop chart for uh, continuing the mediocrity. In fact, I wouldn't even call it mediocrity. That's just plain bad music. Um, I, I can't believe that I can't believe that, that actually goes on, that people actually listen to that. But I guess there are people out there that probably think that's good music. Like, man, did you hear the, the new Bruno Mars song? Man, that song's so good. I mean, I don't know anybody like that. I don't. Nobody has ever walked up to me once. This has never been a conversation that I've had in my life where somebody walks up to me uh, and says, "Hey, uh, did you did you check out the new Rihanna song? Oh my God, so good! Yeah, did you check out this song? It's so good." Now, again, some of the people I hang out with are musical snobs. I mean, they'll they'll only listen to stuff that's the most obscure thing on planet Earth. Like, if it even gets any airplay on mainstream radio, then they think it sucks immediately. So, you know, I, I understand the, the sort of... But, I mean, people ask me, oh, well, have you checked out, you know, Kings of Leon? Or, you know, like, bands that actually have something going on for them that are actually bands... Like, nobody has ever said to me, I went to the Rihanna concert the other day. Love. Like
4: I'm the only
2: one and I know a lot of people listen to this show, and a lot of people of varying ages. Apparently, I even have family members that listen to my show. Now... Nobody in my immediate family They'd be too embarrassed to listen to me But you know my distant family They don't know how bad I am So Apparently they listen And they're like I'm sure I'm sure even they don't sit there and go You know This is This is good music I don't think anybody I know All right That's it. <laughs> That's the pop chart. Thank you. Thank you uh, for that. Um, what else was I going to uh, I was going to get into something else. And, and, you know, the pop chart, This the problem with doing the pop chart is I think it temporarily lowers my IQ after I hear it, because then I, I sort of forget what I was going to get to on my agenda. And uh, that that's unfortunate because sadly, um, you know, I actually do have things that I, I want to get into and things I actually do want to talk about. I can still hear. OK, I could still hear the Rihanna song in my head. I don't, I don't know why. I, I think it was bleeding through into the board. It's how bad it is. This is a really depressing story, actually. Um, this guy, 92 year old. Uh, his name is. His name is Marlet Spangler. He's 92 years old. Uh, His wife died seven years ago. Very sad. You say, well, okay, whatever. So he misses her and thinks about her every single day. He drives to Prospect Hill Cemetery in Manchester Township to visit her grave. Every day he does this. He usually spends a few minutes visiting her, and then uh he said that he, he walks around looking at the graves, just sort of uh you know, just sort of watching, just sort of hanging out, you know. Cemetery, you're there, you're hanging out, and you know, I, I've I've uh I've visited a grave once. I've seen you know, I've been to a grave once. Most of the people in my family were cremated, but I visited a grave once and, um, personally, I I just want to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. But I don't know if my father weren't cremated, I I would probably, if he was, you know, grave, I'd probably go visit the grave frequently. So I get this guy's point. So here's, this is really sad. So on Wednesday, just afternoon, he he visited his wife's grave as he does every day when uh, he heard a car pull up near his car. And then a moment later, a man in his late 20s or early 30s uh, pulled uh, out a revolver on him and was demanding his wallet. Quote, I guess I wasn't quick enough to hand it over. So he grabbed it, ripped my pants, Spangler said. It happened quickly. Spangler did ask the man if he could have his cards, his driver's license and such. But I don't think he heard me. By then, the suspect was, uh, was heading to his car. He drove off toward the cemetery's uh, Pennsylvania Avenue exit. Since that afternoon, Spangler has been interviewed by two local TV stations and the newspapers. He's not sure why everybody's making such a fuss. It was just something that happened, he said. And he said that he wasn't scared during the robbery. Quote, what's the use of being scared? I mean, this dude probably, he doesn't care. He's going to visit his wife at the cemetery. He'd probably be doing the guy a favor if you killed him. Quote, maybe that's his job, to go out and rob people, he said. Maybe he'd figure he'd get a lot more money from me. Police are are continuing to investigate. Anyone with information is asked to call at uh, 292-3647 or use the crime tip uh, section of the department's website. I don't even know where this comes from. Anyway, so that's that's just a sad story. A guy going to visit his his wife's grave an eighty two year old guy going to visit his wife 's grave uh, is robbed at gunpoint and just another sign that uh society is indeed devolving into maybe that guy that wrote that stuff about the uh, the revolution maybe that guy's right i mean what a what an incredibly sad thing to think about really sucks really sucks. All right, um, Mike at KMGX.com. That would be the email address. It is Mike at KMGX.com. Michael Groff Show, AOL Instant Messenger. It's M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-R-O-F-F Show on AOL Instant Messenger. You know, and I, I keep uh, needing to mention that, just so you know, we, um, we also take donations via PayPal for this show You want to contribute Five bucks Ten bucks A hundred bucks Whatever Keep our show on the air I, I got bills to pay I got uh, I got all sorts of stuff All right Listen There's a lot going on You'd be helping to keep This show on the air uh, Mike at kmgx.com That is our PayPal address You can always Send donations that way And we do appreciate it You, wanna, you want us to play a bumper We'll do it You know Alright Alright well anyway (laughs) That's it It's been another edition of uh, the Zip Code Famous Michael Groff Show On a Saturday no less I'm sitting here I'm you know Yeah a lot going on I got a lot going on I really do I have, you know, this is why I need the donations because I'm here on Saturday night. And there's, I can think of, I can think of a couple of places right now I'd much rather be than right here. Now, don't get me wrong, I love being behind the microphone and talking to you people. And and please uh, understand that that is, that's great. But, you know, uh, I could, uh, you know, I could be somewhere else. I know, I could have said, I could have said I have a lot going on in my pants. I could have said that. I didn't. I don't do that kind of radio. As you know, I'm above it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, that 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 too. All right. Anyway, uh, we'll. Um, what was I doing here? Oh yeah, the close. The close is. Have a great night, everybody. We'll be back with another podcast real soon. Maybe tomorrow. I got a lot going on. Back tomorrow. Have a great. Night, day, whenever you listen, Armageddon, whatever. We'll see you tomorrow.